Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Raja, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all my work at TexasFootball.com. Uh, like us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Follow us on Instagram, Dave Campbell's. Make sure to check out the Texas Football Rising Recruiting Edition, where you can figure out where exactly your favorite recruits stand in the state of Texas. And I'll tell you what, we have some exciting, exciting recruiting stuff coming out in the next couple of months. You're going to want to keep an eye to TexasFootball.com for that. I don't want to give away too much. I hope I haven't already. But yeah, it's the offseason. It's the offseason officially. Obviously, Clemson manages to dethrone Alabama to become the 2018 national champions. And we're obviously greeted at the White House with a wonderful dinner of McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King, and Domino's. And you know what? I remember, it wasn't that long ago that I was a college student in the state of Texas, obviously. And I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I would probably be a little upset that I have to eat McDonald's and a cold filet of fish while wearing a three-piece suit, but... I'll tell you what, you bring me and some of my dorm mates from college into a room like that, we're probably eating 10 hamburgers. You know, we're probably out of commission for the next couple of days. So, look, uh, I I think that probably at this point now, I probably just, you know, maybe get to one and and try to keep it a little light because I know how much that stuff can wreck you, especially when you start to get a little bit older, which, granted, I'm not getting older, but, you know. I'm a little bit older. You feel it a little bit different than you do when you're 18, 19. (laughs) But uh, that looks like a fun time. That's definitely a a memory that they will remember forever. Because I'll tell you what, you know, everybody uh, who wins a title typically gets to visit the White House unless they choose not to. And usually it's just kind of a stuffy event. You know, you go, you take your picture, you probably have some, like, boring chicken, and then you leave, right? (laughs) This is a memory that will live forever. This is something that people will talk about forever. So, uh, again, congratulations to to Clemson for winning the national title. But Clemson and South Carolina, we don't care about them right now. (laughs) But I do want to talk about something that's really afflicting college football right now. Quarterback transfers, right? I mean, obviously there are transfers all over the map, but the quarterback transfers right now are getting kind of insane. You know, just in the last couple of weeks... Uh, Texas quarterbacks Shane Bouchelle, Cameron Rice both kind of uh, imply that they're going to leave. Casey Thompson is still in the transfer portal, but there's thought that he might come back. Uh, at UNT, they lose uh, their third-string quarterback, Cade Pearson. TCU, obviously earlier in the offseason, they lose Sean Robinson, but then they nab uh, Alex Delton, a Kansas State quarterback transfer, who was supposed to go to UTEP, but then changed his mind at the last minute, decides to go to TCU. All of this is built around the fact that Alabama quarterback Jalen Hurts has now transferred to Oklahoma, so that's somebody else that obviously the state's going to have to deal with. Uh, SMU going to have to learn life without Ben Hicks for the first time in a couple of years. Ben Hicks decides to transfer to Arkansas, reunites with former coach Chad Morris. And look, as as a fan of college football, because that's ultimately first and foremost what I am, right? I, I mean, we can talk about how I work in it, but whatever. I'm a fan of college football. I love watching this sport. It's a little weird. (laughs) You know, it's a little weird to just see this much turnover all the time, right? Because one of the things I do love about college football is that 
you get to see four or five years of these kids. You get to kind of see them grow up. You kind of get to see them develop. And to a certain extent, like, I'm, I'm very okay with the grad transfer. In fact, I think the grad transfer is one of the best things that's happened to, uh, to college football just because it rewards kids for doing the right things. You know, Shane Bouchelle, obviously, you know, he finishes his third year at Texas, but he also manages to graduate in that amount of time. So he's able to kind of go out to make a decision that's right for him. Um, you know, and credit to Jalen Hurts. You know, this guy plays three years at Alabama, graduates in two and a half years, and now is heading to Oklahoma. I think that's a great reward for a kid to, for doing the right things, for graduating on time. If you graduate from college, man, you go. You go wherever you want. Do whatever's right for you. Uh, because, again, you only have four years to do this. But I'll tell you what, it is a little disappointing to see a player like uh, Cameron Rising, you know, because because Bouchelle, no problem. But Cameron Rising, you know, he's been here for a year. He redshirted. He's never actually uh, worn a Texas jersey during live game action ever. And when you came here, now I know that all these kids are competitors. They all think they're gonna, you know, when Cameron Rising came to campus, he didn't think, oh, you know, maybe I might get beat out by Casey Thompson. Maybe I might get beat out by Shane Bouchelle. Maybe I might get beat out by Sam Ellinger. But you know, he thought that he was going to come here and win the starting quarterback job as a freshman, which is perfectly reasonable, right? I mean, that's what you want every competitor to do. If you have a player and he doesn't think he's the best player on the field, then he's probably not going to be a great player. You know, you have to know that you're – you have to think of yourself as one of the best players on the field, especially at this position, a position that's perhaps more unforgiving than any position than any and maybe all of sports just with the scrutiny. But, you know, for Cameron Ryzen to come into a situation that he knew was going to be difficult um, and for him to kind of decide that he's not really about it after not really not not even necessarily having a chance to show it as yet. You know, that's that's the sort of stuff that's a little bit difficult for me to swallow, Uh, you know, just because I think that once if you have time to realize that this isn't a good situation, that's fine. But I do think that it is tough when. You put everybody in a tough position when you just kind of head out, right? Because now Texas, all of a sudden, they lose two quarterbacks during the offseason. Again, you're hoping that Casey Thompson comes back. It sounds like he's going to, but that's not official. Let's say they lost all three. Your two quarterbacks on the entire roster would be Sam Ellinger, who's fantastic, but also injury-prone, and Roshan Johnson, who's fantastic, but also injury-prone, and has never even taken practice snaps at Texas. You know, and, and obviously that'll happen in the spring and fall, but I don't know. It's I think in a funny way, quarterback play might be something and quarterback depth rather might be something that kinda lessens the playing field to a certain extent. I I, I don't know if, if I'm phrasing that right, but you know, if you're Texas right now, right, or, or actually even forget that. Let's say you're Oklahoma right now. Oklahoma consistently one of the best offenses in all of college football. Uh, they have Jalen Hurts coming in. They have two previous Heisman Trophy winners. But now, you know, Jalen Hurts, I know that everybody loves him, and I think that he's a great player, but I don't think he's a Heisman caliber player. Th- that's not an insult at all. There, there are so many players in college football, and guess what? Almost all of them are not Heisman caliber players. I don't think that that's necessarily what Jalen Hurts is being brought in to do. I think they're going to win a ton of games. Um, but all of a sudden, right? Okay, so you got him. Well, let's say that he gets hurt, because guess what? That sometimes happens in college football. Let's say that Jalen Hurts gets hurt. Then you move on to Tanner Mordecai, 
And Tanner Mordecai is a really good player. Shout out to Waco Midway. You know, I went to college at Baylor. Uh, I, I love, obviously, Central Texas. Uh, and, and Mordecai's a really good player. You know, he showed a whole lot during his time at Midway, led them to the state title game before they got trounced. But, uh, you know, they're, he's a really good player. But he also hasn't played college football as yet. And behind him, you know, you have the number one quarterback in the nation, Spencer Rattler. But, it's, I mean, again, if he's currently the third quarterback, he's probably too skinny to really be able to play right now. He's got to add a lot of weight. He's not even going to be a spring enrollee. He doesn't come until the fall. So now all of a sudden, okay, let's just say that we go through the season and, and the next season, okay, well, all of a sudden, you know, obviously recruited another quarterback in 2020. Um, but, you know, let's say that Rattler beats out Mordecai. Well, Mordecai is probably going to leave, right? I mean, and there's a chance that he might graduate by that point. So he might just leave and, and be able to play immediately somewhere else. So then you've got Spencer Rattler and maybe a freshman quarterback, and that's all you got. And at Texas right now, you're kind of, you know, potentially in that situation too, right? You got Ellinger, who's great. And then behind that, you have Casey Thompson potentially if he comes back who hasn't played college football before. Then you have Roshan Johnson, who's never even practiced in college football before. And the reality is, especially when you got a quarterback like Ellinger, you know, Ellinger missed the, you know, big portions of two games last year against Baylor and against Iowa State. And Shane Bouchelle was able to come in, complete a whole bunch of passes, keep the offense moving, and eventually lead them to wins against two teams that both made bowl games. You know, it, without Bouchelle last year, maybe they lose those two games. Maybe... Cameron, uh, Cameron Rising or Casey Thompson has to come in right away, try to save the day, and maybe they're not ready. And all of a sudden, what's a nine and three season that turns into a ten and three season that turns into, and sorry, t- turns into a ten and four season because of the Big Twelve title game? All of a sudden, maybe that regular season record is is you know nine and, instead of nine and three, maybe it's seven and five if you lose those games because that's how close you were. You know, Charlie Brewer was throwing into the end zone at the end of that Baylor Texas game. I don't know. It's something that I think that we have to keep an eye on. And um, and again, you know, I don't think that anybody's truly immune to it. Again, UTEP right now, they thought that maybe they could pick up a, a quarterback transfer. Alex Delton ends up picking TCU. You know, North Texas, I think that they've got some good quarterback depth right now. and They're not necessarily losing people. But, but you know, Kate Pearson leaves. You know, you're down to Mason Fine and two redshirt freshman quarterbacks. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. I think that's going to be one of the defining storylines of the next couple of years is how teams manage to work around losing these players so consistently. Because, again, having a good quarterback changes everything. And we've seen that at North Texas. You know, Mason Fine being there has changed everything. They've built a solid foundation around him as well. But the reality is, if Mason Fine's not in the game, North Texas is a very different football team. They're not sort of a 10-ish win team. They're more like a seven or eight win team and that's good you know and I mean what I think that North Texas finished nine and four this year which is you know I I mean I think they I I wish that they had won 10 games but uh because I think that they played well enough to do it but you know whatever but if if he's not in the lineup I think that changes a lot because we believe in Case and Martin a whole lot in this program and we believe in Jason Bean a lot in this program but they just don't have the experience and and again, Mason Fine's obviously an injury-prone player. And and so all of a sudden you're worrying about uh, depth on that front as, as well. I don't know. It's Again, like I mentioned, I think it's going to be a defining issue heading forward. And I'm curious to see, uh, one, 
how teams try to protect their starting quarterbacks, especially Ellinger, I'm curious to see, because I imagine they're going to try to run him as little as possible early in the year. And they're probably, you know, that's kind of what Clemson did with Deshaun Watson during that 2016 season, the one they won the title. I think it was 2016. Um, but, you know, it changes things. I, I think it's going to change how teams approach their quarterbacks. I think it's going to change how they approach playing quarterbacks. I mean, again, with this new redshirt rule, you can play four games. I think that might change things. It's going to be interesting to watch, and we'll be keeping a close eye on it, especially in the state, because, again, this is a state with great quarterbacks. That's, ultimately, that's it. You know, this is a state with great quarterbacks, and we want to see them thrive. Anyway, we're going to move on to our interview. We've got former Texas defensive back P.J. Locke. We talked to P.J. over at the College Gridiron, Sports, uh, College Gridiron Showcase. Excuse me. Uh, again, fantastic event. We actually talked to Deshaun Johnson last week. At it. We've got some stuff with Leighton Rab that we might release later in the, in the uh, offseason. It's a great event, and, uh, and Locke talked a lot about just – for him, you know, he, he kind of had some struggles during his career at Texas, but then he really put it together his senior year. Um, and, and obviously he talked about the changing culture in Austin with Tom Herman, with Todd Orlando. It's a great interview. Now please stick around, and we'll be right back with you after the break. Join the program now. We've got Texas defensive back P.J. Locke. P.J., how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much. Uh, we're here today at the College Gridiron Showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh where obviously you've gotten a chance to show your skills. How do you think uh, the process has gone so far? I think the process is going well. Uh, yesterday I didn't practice. Uh, had like a next train after the Georgia game and everything. So uh, it's kind of like out of my out of my control. Uh, trainers kind of killed me out. But I definitely was kind of itching to get out there, especially when they was doing one-on-ones and the DBs got fired up. So you know, any competition I'm fired up about. But uh, today I got a chance to get out there, feel pretty good, uh, made, some, made some plays. So, you know. I feel good about everything. Yeah. What has it been like, just the transition going from you know Texas student athlete to NFL draft hopeful? Uh, it's something I've been working on all my life. So I mean, I, I feel like it's a it's a smooth transition. Uh, <laughs> this is something like I said, it's just something I've been working on all my all my life, and you know I'm re- I'm ready to get to it. And you know, if there's any questions, I want to answer those questions, you know, positively. You know, going back a little bit, uh, obviously, you know, just what, like a week ago at this point? Gosh, I can't believe it's been that short amount of time. But, uh, you know, you guys had a huge win in the Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what was that moment like? Obviously, you know, there's been some fr- frustrating times in Texas, but just to cap off your career like that. Well, unfortunately, you know, when I first got to Texas, my main goal was to help Texas get back on top. And like I said, unfortunately, we didn't make it the first two years. And, you know, that was tough. Definitely, I didn't know how to feel. Um, you know, I never experienced going to a bowl game, but I just knew like uh, a six and five or a five and seventeen wasn't it wasn't good enough. So, uh, you know, new coaching staff came in, and you got to look at Coach Herman's resume. And uh, at the time, it was like six and zero against Power Five schools or a top twenty-five school, whatever, whichever one it was. And uh, we had basically just had to buy in. I had experience of coaching changes all through high school, and so. Um, I just had to tell the guys to pretty much buy in and, you know, give this guy a chance. Got to look at his resume. And sure enough, uh, he turned the season around, you know, in one year. And then, of course, that wasn't a standard. Then I got the, I got the chance to play in the Sugar Bowl and, you know, and go out with a win against a very prestigious team. What has Coach Herman done that's been able to lead you guys to so much immediate success? Uh, I think he started off with a plan. You know, he kind of told everybody the plan, and he followed that plan step by step. There was no change, uh, and he established a culture, and that culture was physicality and uh, mental toughness. That's that was the main two things. And uh, you know, once we once we bought into that culture, you know, 
uh, it was a it was a lot of things that were different. You know, just as far as practice. You know, we we hit. I didn't hit that much in my life. You know, even leaving up to the bowl game. You know, we hit every day. You know, and uh, a lot of teams um, they hit for like the first two weeks in that month preparation, and they stop. You know, and kind of take stuff off. But you know, they do a good job of you know taking care of the players and you know leaving the leaders accountable to uh, other players and making sure the leaders get their position group in the training room and get treatment, you know. Therefore, our legs won't be messed up and our bodies, you know, taking care of our bodies. So um, that's the that's the two biggest things. I would say having a culture and, like, following a, a established plan. You know, I think obviously you guys surprised a lot of people with your Sugar Bowl performance. Were you guys surprised? Oh, we weren't surprised at all. All week they were, like, pretty much feeling the fire. Uh, there was analysts asking questions like, are we scared or, you know, uh, these guys uh, don't think you guys are pretty. They don't think you guys are physical. A lot of a lot of things saying we don't like to tackle. We're soft. So I mean that's pretty much fueling a fire. So um, while we were practicing, while we were practicing, that was just that motivation right there. So uh, we came we came in the game, we came prepared, and we had one one uh, goal, and that was win that game. You know, you talk about again going into your NFL draft process. What's the biggest thing that you want to show scouts out here that you want to show talent evaluators? Um, well, I was I, I've been hearing a lot of questions about how fast am I uh, and if I can play man coverage because in a scheme that we play, we play a lot of zone. And uh, that's pretty much what I pretty much came out here for, just to show that I can really move around these drills uh, and I can showcase showcase my speed a little bit, showcase my man coverage skills because um, you know, you you look back, you look at back, look back in my uh, college career. I didn't I didn't play at every position. I'm versatile, so. Um, where where the the speed is a question mark I don't know where the man comes is a question mark but you know it is what it is I just come out here and just play and then just show my skill set I, I control what I control and the rest I can't you know I just deal with it you know what do the next uh, couple of months look uh, look like up in your lead up to the NFL draft training training just training 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 uh you know hopefully I can maybe get a combine invite if I don't that's fine uh, pro day no, it's just any chance they get to see me move around, go through drills, and uh, you know, just so my uh, fluidity in my hips, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I, I have, I have no doubt in my mind. I can, uh, you know, prove anybody wrong that, that thinks otherwise. So, I'm good. You know, I'm relaxed. I'm, I'm chill. And but when it's time to ground, I'm nose down. That's Texas uh, defensive back PJ Lock. PJ, thank you so much for joining us. No time. Thank you. Thanks again to PJ Lock for joining the show. Again, Texas defensive back P.J. Locke, he had a breakout year as a senior, really uh, ended up being one of the best players on Texas defense, a critical member of the secondary, largely playing nickelback. And now NFL teams will get a look. I think that they got a great look at the college grid iron showcase, but now he'll keep trying to push forward and uh, try to get drafted. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I don't want it to sound like there's a lot of doom and gloom in the state when it comes to quarterback play, you know, because I feel like that's kind of the takeaway from that first half of the show. You know that there's so much turnover, there's so much uncertainty, there's so much inconsistency, but I want to bring up an article that actually our managing editor, Greg Tepper, wrote. Uh, Greg went through, and, and his headline was, Tepper's take, an embarrassment of riches in Texas college quarterbacks. And... His point was that out of the 12 teams in the FBS, in the state of Texas, of course, uh, that six of them have really, really resolved situations when it comes to quarterback. Uh, Those teams, of course, being Texas Tech with Alan Bowman, Baylor with Charlie Brewer, 
Texas with Sam Ellinger, North Texas with Mason Fine, Houston, assuming health, uh, with D.R. King, and Texas A&M with Kellen Mond under center. And, you know, he's got a good point. He, he points to, uh, to 2017. Heading into the year, there was so much inconsistency at the quarterback position. You know, really when you look at the situation, uh, UTSA with Dalton Sturm, you know, they had a good situation going, I think, and one that the, I'm sure that they'd like to get back to. Uh, but then TCU, they bring back Kenny Hill. Okay, fine. Almost everybody else has either a really, really young player, you know, Mason Fine, Shane Bouchel, Ben Hicks, uh, or an unknown commodity after losing somebody who is a mainstay. You know, Seth Russell at Baylor, Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, Greg Ward at Houston. Now you go into the 2019 season. You have six of these guys coming back. Ellinger, Brewer, Bowman, King, Fine, and Mond. And obviously the rest of the uh, the state has a little bit of work to do. Obviously TCU being the one Power 5 school that really has a lot to do. Uh, SMU, you know, they might be starting a young player. They're apparently in the Shambuchelle sweepstakes. A lot of teams, a lot of teams. Anyway, we don't have to go through all of them. But when you look at what the quarterback position is going to look like in the state of Texas next year, I think there's a good reason to believe that the state's going to take a big step forward. Because, again, you have Brewer coming back as a junior. You have Ellinger coming back as a junior. Uh, Fine, again, I mean, I think Fine probably right now is the best quarterback in the state. You know, and and that's going to upset some people. I know that, obviously, Tex fans are absolute dead set certain that Sam Ellinger is the best quarterback in the state. And there's a great, great argument for it. Um, And I think that Houston fans, you know, what what you saw from De'Ara King the first nine games of the year was as good as any quarterback, not just in the state, but in the country last year. You know, I kind of joke, but uh, I wrote a column last year, I think maybe around week eight or nine, after Houston got out to whatever, the 7-1 and one start or whatever it was. You know, Derek King, I think, should have gotten more Heisman love earlier in the year than he ended up getting. Now, obviously, King struggled down the stretch a little bit. They lost a couple games that they really shouldn't have lost. Um, and obviously, King gets hurt, tears his meniscus, and, and that's kind of it for his season. But... You just look at what King was able to do, you know. Let's see, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He got hurt in his eleventh game, also missed some time in some other games too. But, you know, in ten and a half games really, he had nearly three thousand passing yards, thirty six touchdowns, six interceptions, had six hundred seventy four rushing yards and fourteen touchdowns, so good enough for fifty touchdowns just by himself. I think that that was the third best season in Houston history. And again, he, he missed two games. And really, if Houston can win one or two, you know, one more game potentially down the stretch, if they beat Temple or if they beat SMU, they're in the AAC title game, and he has two more games on top of the one regular season game that he has left. You know, Derek King, I think uh, he kind of gets lost in the shovel because there's so many good quarterbacks in the state. But now you've got Dana Holgerson coming in; he's going to know how to use him a little bit better. Fine again, uh, coming back, and and we've talked a lot about Mason Fine on this program, and I know that people have complained at me that we talk too much about Mason Fine on this program. But Mason Fine is one of the best quarterbacks in the state. I don't care; I'm going to talk about him. But you know what Ellinger's able to do? He's a true sophomore, uh, really a true sophomore, and and just to be able to go win the Sugar Bowl the way that, that he did over Georgia with his great performance, three rushing touchdowns. He had so much with both the passing and rushing game. And I think without uh, little Jordan Humphrey there next year, he's going to have to prove that this was no fluke, that this is sustainable and that he can be the centerpiece of a team that competes for Big 12 championships. But the state is just so much in a better place, I think, heading into 2019 than, in, than going into 2018. Because, you know, just heading into the year, TCU was kind of expected to be national caliber. 
Texas was thought maybe they could take a step forward, but uh, you know I don't think anybody expected ten wins necessarily. Texas A&M, you know I think that nine wins is about the best that you could have expected, and they did hit it. And, and so yeah, now you go into next year. Texas should compete for ten wins again. Texas A&M, they have a really tough schedule, but if they can win eight or nine, I think you feel very good about that. Just with the schedule that they have, uh, UNT should be a ten win team. It would be pretty disappointing for them not to be. Houston comes into the year with more expectations now, too, with Dana Holgerson there. Baylor, I think, could be an eight or nine win team because they have a very easy schedule. Texas Tech's going to have a little bit of a, of a learning curve, I think, but then TCU should be back. You know, I'd be surprised if they didn't take at least a small step forward next season. Uh, you know, UTSA, you kind of hope. Texas State, you kind of hope with a new offensive coach and Jake Spavadol. Uh, but, you know, the quarterback play, I think, heading into next year is going to be a lot more interesting because for so much of the year, it was just kind of Mason Fine and everybody else. And then Ellinger kind of pushed his name into the conversation. Kellen Mond kind of pushed his way into the conversation. By the end of the year, Charlie Brewer pushed his name into the conversation. Al Bowman went healthy, pushed his name into the conversation. There's a lot of talent in the state of Texas when it comes to quarterback. And I mean, you know, I don't need to tell anybody. You know, when you look at the the NFL playoffs, you see it, and you just see so much Texas high school football talent, right, across the board. Nick Foles, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes. These are some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Obviously, Mahomes potentially has the chance to be a generational-type quarterback, and he obviously started his career at White House and played at Texas Tech. But that's a big thing. You know, we have to see some of these players play in the state of Texas, too. So many of the guys that I just mentioned, obviously Foles and Brees, you know, they weren't guys who played in the state of Texas in, uh, for college. Uh, Foles going to Arizona, Breeze going to Purdue. These are guys that Texas schools can't miss. And I think that schools are doing a better job of identifying talent and a better job of developing talent. Uh, obviously, Texas has kind of been the poster child since since Colt McCoy left of inconsistent quarterback play. And now, all of a sudden, with Ellinger, they have it. You know, Mond, kind of the same deal at Texas A&M with after Johnny leaves. You don't have consistent quarterback play. You don't have a two-year starter really at all. Now, all of a sudden, Mond comes in. He's the guy. He's he's the guy that everybody expects to be under center for all of next season as well. I think this consistency is going to help. And I think that having so much returning quarterback play is going to help, not just now, but I think just heading into the future, having stability at that position, I think is going to matter a lot heading forward. And, you know, we can talk about, obviously, all these really good players transferring and all this depth transferring. And, again, if you're Texas, I do think you need to worry a little bit that – your number one backup, assuming he comes back, is Casey Thompson, a guy who's never stepped on a college football field. You know? So, look, quarterback play can giveth and it can take it away. Take it away. Excuse me. I I don't know why I tried to do that. But, but the reality is there's a lot of quarterback talent in the state right now, and I think that as that continues to rise, I think, uh, and as these programs continue to develop, it's only going to be more and more important to have that good quality quarterback and be able to uh, train him up, be able to uh, make sure that he can play at the highest level. And I think that right now in the state of Texas, there's a reason that you know you have Cliff Kingsbury obviously being hired from the state of Texas because he's a guy who knows offense. Not only can Riley coach at Oklahoma, but he recruits the state of Texas and he's from the state of Texas. I think that. We're seeing a shift to where offense is finally being valued the way that I think that it deserves to be. And that bodes well for teams from the state of Texas because this has really been ground zero where these changes have happened. And uh, now I think you have a selection of quarterbacks that can compete with 
any other state in the country, of course. You know, obviously there's not necessarily many states that have as many schools as Texas does, but I think that they can compete with anybody in the country, and I'm excited to see who exactly can emerge as the best quarterback next year. Because heading into next year, let's be clear, I mean, I think that there's going to be a tight battle between Mason Fine, Sam Ellinger, of of who maybe could be the uh, first team all Texas quarterback for our preseason issue. You know, we we certainly haven't made any decisions at this point. Uh, you know, and same with Kellen Mond. I think he could break his way into the mix. Charlie Brew, you can't count him out. It's going to be a tough decision. It's there's going to be a lot of tough decisions. But I'll tell you what, that's a lot more fun and that's a lot more interesting than having a guy. You know, I mean, it's fun to have a Colt McCoy or whatever, but but it's also kind of fun to know that there's good quarterbacks playing everywhere in the state right now and that, uh, you know, you kind of toss a stone and you can probably get some good quarterback play. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to PJ Locke for joining the program. Uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Sex Football. Follow us on Instagram at Dave Campbell's. Uh, if you enjoy our work, please find it at TexasFootball.com. Subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast vendor. Thank you once again to our sponsor, North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Again, I mention it all the time, but, you know, I drive a Honda Accord, and it's been absolutely great to me. I have to do so much driving for this job. You, you guys don't understand. I mean, uh, you know, one weekend I did a three-game weekend, right? I, I went down to Houston. This was actually week one that I did this. Uh, I went down to Houston for Texas Tech versus Ole Miss. Uh, I went up to College Station for Texas A&M versus Northwestern State, and I finished in Waco for Baylor versus Abilene Christian. That was over the course of just a couple of days. It's a lot of driving, but guess what? With my Honda Accord, I never have to worry. North Texas Honda dealers, they're here to help. Anyway, thank you so much to everybody for joining us, and we will talk to you guys again next week.